Well, that was a little interesting, watching the uh, Packers yesterday make their cuts. Thought, uh, you know, thought Patrick Taylor was going to be there, and that didn't happen. Uh, Mason Crosby activated, as we know. And so you end up with seven wide receivers, which is what we thought. Josh Nyman, but David Bakhtiari at the left tackle, John Runyon, Sean Ryan, Josh Myers, Jake Hansen, Royce Newman, Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, no Caleb Jones. No Caleb Jones. I thought for sure with what we had a chance to witness in the preseason, he was going to stick around. But the uh, draft choice, Rashid Walker, gets the nod over Caleb Jones and Elton Jenkins. And maybe Caleb Jones then makes it over to the practice squad. We'll wait and see. Uh, you end up with the four why or the uh, four tight ends. Tyler Davis, who we thought might not make it, did. Obviously, the two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, uh, AJ Dillon, uh, with Jordan Love backing up Aaron Rodgers, obviously. And then uh, you've got uh, Dean Lowry, no Jack Heflin, he got cut. T.J. Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, Jonathan Ford again. The seventh-round draft choice. He gets in. Jerron Reed and company. Preston Smith, Jonathan Garvin, who I thought played well at times, along with Chris Barnes. Kingsley Engambare, the fifth-round draft choice. Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker. Isaiah McDuffie proved enough. He made it. He made it. He uh, he put on a display, especially in that uh, Saints game. Rashawn Gary, Nalia. Then you got uh, Shamar Jean Charles, Tariq Carpenter, Dallin Levitt, Levitt, Micah Abernathy. Abernathy we thought would make it only for the fact that he just played so well and was like just sometimes being in the right place at the right time and being around the ball, that's all you need, creates opportunities, and he uh, took advantage of it. Kason Nixon, we talked about that yesterday. You figured he was going to be here because Bisaccia wanted him because uh, he's a spe- better special teams guy, but uh, it does leave you – uh, when it comes to your cornerback position, you got Jair, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, Shamar, Jane Charles, and Kaysan Nixon. Those are your guys. Pat O'Donnell, Mason Crosby, Jack Coco. That's your uh, that's your process. And then right now, your your at least your depth chart says Amari Rogers is a returner, but we'll wait and see. That's how things shake out. So uh, Ben, anything surprise you yesterday? In the way the uh, the roster has now shaken out and the cuts that were made. Uh, yeah, the Yankees signed Chichi Gonzalez uh, yesterday after the show. There you go. Uh, All right. Now, uh, only keeping two running backs as of now was a bit surprising. I thought either Goodson or uh, Taylor would make it. They didn't. Aside from that, I mean, we kind of saw the writing on the wall throughout yesterday of what they were going to do. I personally uh, am not the biggest fan of Tyler Davis, but... All indications were he was going to be kept. The rest of it kind of makes sense. I like the 10 offensive linemen. uh, And then when you go into the secondary, they're so good at the top that I don't think you needed all of those depth guys. Uh, Interesting. They only stuck with two running backs. I thought for sure they'd keep three, but they uh, they need. Now, again, it doesn't mean that, you know, one or both of those guys don't end up on the, uh, the practice squad, but. Uh, you know, just in case, but I was a little bit surprised they only kept two running back, which was a little interesting. Brewers fall yesterday, somewhat uh, 
to the Pirates, man. It's just, you know. Are you, is your faith pretty much gone when it comes to the Brewers? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. They are so bad at beating bad teams that I just cannot wrap my head around how good they are. So the only thing I'm hanging my hat on as of today is those horrible teams that they can't beat won't be in the playoffs. So if the Brewers yeah. make the playoffs, then maybe a run could be there because they won't have to play the Pirates. I, I just I, I can't fathom it. Just how bad they are against bad teams. Just just stymies me, man. Anyway, uh, that being said, by the way, uh, O'Neill Cruz, holy mackerel. He beats the absolute hell out of the Brewers, doesn't he? The rookie shortstop at it again last night. Two for four with a couple of RBI. Scored the go-ahead run in the 4-2 win. He ended the game, that strong throw from second to complete the double play. And uh, the comeback attempt by the Brewers was then done. He uh, has six homers. 16 RBIs in 46 at-bats against the Brewers. He has five homers and 19 RBIs in 163 at-bats against everyone else. Jeez. My God. He just beats the hell out of the Brewers. Colton Wong went yard last night. Uh, That was kind of the highlight. That was, you know, Craig Council says, clearly we've got to figure something out because we're not doing good enough. Okay. <laughs> just, it's uncanny. He's just beating the hell out of the Brewers. So the Brewers fall back at it again today. Now we wait and see. See what happens. If if by chance they are able to uh, to get a win. That's a one ten start time today. So by the way, if you'd rather stick with the program, listen, listen to many things, uh, Badgers, Packers, and such, uh, stick with us and uh, download the app on whatever mobile device it is you have. WOZN, The Zone in Madison. Download the app now. It takes maybe two minutes, and you're going to be good to go. If you want to chime in on the program, it's 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, by the way, tonight we are going to be live. The huddle is back. Tonight's cool. Tonight it's Fisher House, Wisconsin night out at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. So we are going to do the show live, and because it's such a beautiful night, uh, we are not going to be inside the Goose Island Ale House. We are actually going to sit outside at a picnic table with the cameras on myself and Mike Clemens, who's going to be the guest tonight. Also a camera on the stage as they're going to start rocking at about uh, 7 o'clock, so look for the music to get going. But Mike and I are going to sit down and do picnic-style Bill Michael show tonight. I, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for it. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be weird, a little loud, but tonight uh, it's uh, Fisher House, Wisconsin night. It's promoting the uh, motorcycle rides, promotion, promoting the charity. Thanks so much to the people at the Budweiser Pavilion uh, for doing this for us, but uh, that's where the huddle's going to be tonight. It should be so much fun, so much fun tonight. I, I absolutely love it. I can't wait. I'm like, uh, I've been like anticipating this all day. Uh, I, in, here in the office, in the, in the studio, if you will, I, I've been trying to very piecemeal take equipment down and stuff I don't need and you know, stuff I don't use on a, on a daily, and I'm packing it away, and I'm getting ready so I can get the hell out of here right away after the show and then head over to the State Fair, uh, the Budweiser Pavilion at the State Fair Park and just get set up. I just I, I can't wait for this. So it's, it's it, we've never done this before. Never done this before. So 
Uh, really looking forward to it coming up tonight. They expect about 5,000 people there. So, and by the way, it's 10 bucks to park your car, free admission, motorcycles free. And we're going to be on stage tonight right after the show. Then get off the air. Thanks. Good night. Have a go. And then we head up to the stage and we promote the motorcycle ride. Thanks to our friends at the Budweiser Pavilion and the toys, obviously on stage tonight playing. So this is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun tonight. That's coming up tonight, 6 to 8, on many of these same stations. And also, don't forget, you can follow us and watch the program tonight. Subscribe for free on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Or just follow us over on the Facebook fan page, Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show, and you're good to go. So, Ben, are you producing tonight or not? I will be there, yes. I'm actually, after the show today, going to the dentist for the first time in probably too long. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh well good luck with that. <laughs> For lack of a better term. I don't think though there will be a picture on Instagram about swallowing a, a Twizzler or whatever no. that thing was. <laughs> no, I well you well you weren't here for that, were you? You no. were on vacation when that happened. I saw the picture yeah, though. The first time not the second time when, when Buffett came back for the uh for for the makeup concert, but for the first time uh, at the concert, we, uh, one of our friends, everybody brings something. When we take a bunch of people um, to the concerts, everybody brings a dish. What I do is I bring steaks, burgers, brats, and dogs, and then I cook. And we bring the condiments for all of that. Everybody else brings a dish, whether it's pasta, whether it's you know uh, dessert stuff, brownies, whatever. Everybody brings a dish. Well, our friend Nancy, she brought a, like, one. <laughs> excuse me, you know when you were in school as a kid? And you get that big box of like whatever Frito Lay or whatever it was, and it had Doritos and Fritos and chips and all that stuff. So she brought that uh, for everybody, and then Twizzlers, and was handing one out to everybody. And at that point, after drinking for a while, I'm like, oh, I'll take one, sure. And I never eat that stuff, never. I just, I just don't. I'm not a fan of it, first of all, but I never do it. And I took one bite, one little chewy ass gooey ass sugar filled bite and i'm chewing it i'm like oh okay that wasn't bad and then i'm kind of looking around like where to throw it because i really didn't want it so i'm like throw it off to the side and i put my ran my tongue like through my teeth and i'm like wait what and i went back and sure enough my crown pulled off and somewhere in the twizzler i swallowed it and uh, that was all she wrote no 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 wasn't going back it was a porcelain crown uh, wasn't going back in to get it, never waited for it to come out, wasn't going to do it, just so you know. But, uh, but yeah, that's what happened. So I had to go and tell my dentist and say, hey, I can't take this anymore. Can you get this done? He's like, yeah, come on in. It was like 6 in the morning. Come on in. So that's what I did. There you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, by the way, you can hit us up on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can also find us over on the Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Find Ben Kenny uh, on Twitter at Ben Z Kenny. So there you go. Uh, by the way, J.R. Radcliffe says the harrowing month of the Brewers baseball with one day left. They are in the month of August, 11 and 15, they had leads and lost them all. 13 games, they went 4-9. and nine. Decided on the final at bat, 10 games. They're 4-6. and six. Decided by two runs or fewer. 
18 of those games. They're 7-11. and 11. And opposing, opponents against opponents with losing records, they played 14 games thus far, and they are a whopping 5-9. and nine. That sucks. No else, no, no other word to describe it. That flat out sucks. That's the Brewers month of August. When you want, again, you want to have four things. You want to be good. You want to be healthy. You got to get some luck, and you want to be hot. The way you win championships is down the stretch. You get hot. Now, can they? Sure, they can. Will they? I doubt it. They just. That trade of Josh Hader, regardless of what Hader's doing in San Diego, that began the spiral downward, and the and it took the wind out of the sails. And I, I for a while, I didn't want to really get into that and believe it. But I, I'm telling you, damn it, what they did, that front office did, was say, we don't believe in you. We think maybe you can win the division, but you're not winning a World Series. Therefore, we're getting rid of the money. And rather than waiting for the mid-portion of the season or anything like that, we're going to set this up as, oh, we're really going for it by getting depth and prospect. Prospects, my ass. When you're a team heading for what you would assume to be a division championship and you are worried about the depth and prospects, that, my friends, is what they call a steaming pile. Don't step in it, walk around it, don't go near it, don't breathe in deep, none of it. It was all crap. And it's all because they went cheap, period. That's it. And as you sit here and talk to guys or read stuff out of the New York Post, uh, guys are now talking, there's whispers. It's, they're like, you know what? We we saw the true colors of the organization. The owner, I don't know, it wasn't me. I didn't do anything. I mean, it was all the general manager. My ass, you didn't. Stop it. You're in on every other deal. You talk about every other deal like you made the deal. You own everything. And then when one goes bad, everybody thinks you suck. Then you back away from it. You blame the general manager. That's not good for business either. This, just come out and sit down at a press conference Put your Brewers thing in front of you. Just look everybody in the eye and go, you know what? We effed up. We screwed up. We went cheap. We're sorry. We screwed you. We screwed the guys in the clubhouse. We screwed everybody that cares about Brewers baseball. Better luck next year. We're going to do everything we can to come back. But don't try to sell it as a bill of goods of a steaming pile of crap because that's what this season's turned into. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Third hour of the program on this Wednesday. Don't forget, coming up tonight, a very special Bill Michaels huddle. We're going to be live at the Wisconsin State Fair Park across from the Bud Pavilion. Next to the Cream Puff Pavilion, but it is the final night of Wednesday Night Live. Music under the stars. Picture perfect weather expected. Myself and uh, from Sirius NFL uh, XM is going to be our own Mike Clemens joining me out there tonight. So looking forward to it big time. Going to be a lot of fun this evening. Going to talk some uh, Packers football and hear more Packers football from uh, Matt LaFleur. Brian Gutekind's coming up here shortly. In the meantime, our buddy from Pro Football Focus uh, at PFF underscore Mike. Mike Renner joining us on the hotline. Mike, how you been? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. So this time of year has got to be crazy with all of the roster moves, the cuts, practice squads, guys moving around. It gets a little bananas, doesn't it? It is. It's been, I was literally just like 
searching all the waiver claims, just trying to figure out who's going where and trying to get my uh, head straight from spinning with all these cuts and figure out who's actually on which roster right now. So is there anybody of note that's floating around out there that you thought, ah, that's a little surprising that they're, uh, that they're out there on the open market? I mean, it was insane to me that Alex Leatherwood got cut. That's the, one, the biggest one that really stood out. Um, because he was a first-round pick last year. And I get that he hasn't looked good. And to be fair, he looked awful. But, like, a lot of offensive linemen who have turned into good starters, even one on the early, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders right now, and Colt Miller looked awful their rookie year. Like, offensive line is a tough position to transition to the NFL. So to not even give him another year of development to try to see, I mean, it's lucked out. He went to the Chicago Bears, unfortunately. Um, so lucked out for them being in a high waiver claim to be able to get a first-rounder. Not saying he's going to turn into something, but at least uh, giving him a shot, giving him you know more than one year and one off season to prove that he belongs in the NFL, give him a lot more because he's one heck of an athlete. So that one was the biggest surprise. The uh, the Packers today claiming the safety Rudy Ford off of the waiver wire. Now they're going to have to make a subsequent cut to to fit him in. But give me your thoughts on Rudy Ford coming into the Packers organization. Honestly, I haven't watched him at all. <laughs> I know he came out a while ago. Uh, so That's okay. My time as the lead draft analyst, so I couldn't tell you much about him, unfortunately. But I do nah, no problem. Safeties. I mean, they are thin at that position. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, well, that was going to be my next question. Uh, the Packers, obviously, uh, some of the secondary, they, they look great on paper. Their defense looks really, really solid, and there's a lot of people excited about it. But uh, the depth on this team, outside linebacker safety position as well, the de- the depth in that secondary um, after you get through that front line, a little bit concerning, isn't it? Yeah, and especially the secondary because of kind of just how the secondary works. It's like if you got a liability, that's where teams go. You know, they're not going to just be throwing at Jair Alexander um, if there's one guy who's a problem issue. Now, they don't have any in the starting lineup. You know, they'll be in nickel so the cows come home with how good this, this team looks when they are in nickel personnel. But – if someone gets hurt, obviously, you know, like Jair Alexander did last year, you get one guy nicked up, all of a sudden you got a guy in there that you really don't want in there more likely than not. So, yeah, it's a little bit worrisome uh, how thin they are in that back end. Um, we did not get a chance to see a lot of Christian Watson, obviously, in the preseason. Romeo Dubs is certainly, and I thought all along he was going to be a guy that, and just in my opinion, I thought he would be the better of the two early on. But Christian Watson, there's many that are saying as soon as he kind of grows into his body reaction-wise and kind of gets it, he is going to be the real deal. Give me your thoughts on the uh, the wide receivers that the Packers have right now. And there seems to be the, the, the thought that the Green Bay Packers are not going to be able to move the football. I seem to think they're going to just spread it around to everybody rather than focusing on Devontae Adams. But give me your thoughts on the passing game and Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs coming into the situation and even Samari Torre. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is going to be probably the most diverse-looking offense that we've seen under Matt LaFleur and just the concepts they're running, where the ball is going to, because I think it's going to be spread as evenly as we've ever seen and that's between the two running backs as well uh so i do think there are options i don't think it's as bad as i don't think it's the sky is falling they're not going to be able to move the football whatsoever i i'm more worried about if the offensive line is still banged up heading into week one that to me is more of a worry than this receiving core but when the offensive line's healthy rogers going to have time and rogers with time he's going to get an open guy no matter what like i i do think these guys are still good enough and i am very impressed with what i see from romeo dobbs 
this preseason. Now, his ability to get vertical is something that you can't really fake. You, you know, what he did against the 49ers in that game, and has done, you know, multiple times throughout the preseason and in practice. Like, it's not easy to get open down the field against NFL corners, even if some of those guys are backups. Like, that's Eric Stokes, too, who runs a 4-3. So that's something that's not just a fluke out there, what he's doing. Uh, Christian Watson, though, on the other hand, like, you're just behind the eight ball when you miss that much training camp. No one's there holding your hand, getting you up to speed, getting you acclimated to the offense. He's just going to have to figure it out on his own. And, and that's a worrisome thing for a guy who was already kind of a project coming out of a run first offense at North Coast State, where he wasn't getting a ton of reps, wasn't running a diverse route tree. I do think it's going to, I bet on Dobbs having far more of an impact this year than Watson outside of Watson just being you know, maybe a vertical threat in some games. I just don't see him playing a massive role after how he started his training camp. The, uh, the offensive line of the Green Bay Packers is still somewhat of a work in project. David Pactiari coming back, we're not quite sure as to when, if it's going to be the first game or second or third, but Elton Jenkins back as well. But the backups, Rasheed Wallace, Zach Tom, Ryan, uh, Sean Ryan, those guys uh, at least appear right now to be solid depth guys. Give me your thoughts on the depth of the Green Bay Packers offensive line. I don't even know if I'd call Tom a depth guy after what he did this preseason. Like I'd call Tom one of the best five. I think he should be starting at somewhere. And maybe it's not necessarily tackle if the two tackles are back healthy, but he was excellent at either right tackle. And I know he played left guard as well, but I, I do think that he was good enough this preseason, especially in pass protection that I think you want that guy seeing the football field. So obviously a great problem to have if he's not starting, uh, you know, having a backup of that quality, but, yeah, very impressed with him. Now, the, the other guys on that line, obviously Walker, you know, another guy kind of behind the eight ball to even make the roster with how much camp he missed. Uh, Sean Ryan was kind of always a project coming out of UCLA. I don't think he's a guy you want really seeing the field year one. That was kind of the knock on him why he fell to the third. But he is an unbelievable athlete, and I do think in time that is going to be one of your starting guards. But, yeah, Tom's the one guy to keep an eye on where it's like he was so darn good in pass section at Wake Forest such a heck of an athlete the only thing was play strength and this preseason that wasn't an issue so uh, I'm a I think he ends up getting slotting in there somewhere week one uh were you kind of surprised at the Packers they cut Tyler Goodson Patrick Taylor they only went with two running backs and now granted I would assume they're going to float them if one if not both to the practice squad but were you kind of surprised that they took four tight ends instead of uh keeping that extra uh, extra running back yeah, because I mean, everyone needs a third running back, right? Like, with how often that position gets injured. And I guess that they had uh, Amari Rogers kind of rotating in there throughout preseason, and maybe that's part of the plan. But even just like an emergency running back, because two guys can go down in one game like that. Like, it's not, it's not uncommon to have your top two backs go down with how often that position gets injured. So it would surprise me if week one they're heading into Minnesota – with just two running backs. I just don't think that's a viable strategy that uh, I've ever really seen employed in the NFL. Uh, I know they're probably going to try to get Danny Etling back to the practice squad, but um, you know, there's always that third string quarterback, that guy that looks really, really good. And everybody gets excited and says, he's better than the backup. Uh, I've always said, be very, you know, kind of weary of that because they're playing against fours and fives usually, and guys that are trying to make squads that are probably on the outside looking in, and especially a guy that's got some, some, uh, you know, some hops in the NFL that's been around a little bit. Give me your thoughts on Etling, and I would assume he's going to end up in the practice squad, but uh, who knows with uh, so many teams looking at backup quarterbacks and needing good quarterbacks to begin with. 
Yeah, I got a good story about Etling when he was drafted by the Patriots in the seventh round. I know people who were in that room who didn't even know who he was. Uh, they were surprised that they even took him uh, because coming out of LSU, he really wasn't considered much of a prospect. So uh, Etling probably just the guy you want in the room sort of quarterback, not a guy who I don't think is ever going to really challenge for your backup quarterback job. And like you mentioned, when you are playing that third string, that fourth quarter of preseason games, the coverages you're seeing, you know, like what you're seeing defenses do is about as basic as like an all-star game. Like, like they, those guys are not up to speed on a full playbook. They are just out there seeing what they can do athletically. The coach staff is, they're not running anything that you haven't seen a zillion times as a quarterback. So if you look good against that, well, you're kind of supposed to. Talking with uh, Mike Renner, pro football focus. I want to look around the rest of the national or the rest of the NFC North. Now, you know, Ed Ingram gets picked up uh, for the right guard position over in Minnesota. They wanted to bolster their defense as well, so they tried to pick up a defensive end. They went with a linebacker. They, they've they gone with uh, some secondary guys at free safety and in the cornerback position. Uh, they've tried to upgrade things that they were starting to lack in. Last year, I thought Kirk Cousins played almost with MVP-like numbers for at least nine weeks of the season, and then there was a tail-off, but they weren't winning games. Give me your thoughts of the additions of the Minnesota Vikings and because some are saying that the Vikings could sneak up and catch the Green Bay Packers in the division. Yeah, I think it's quite easily the best line they've had, I think, since they had Cousins. You know, the the bigger thing to me is Christian Derisaw, their left tackle, and the reports coming out of Vikings camp about how he's looked this preseason because, you know, that was your first rounder last year. Obviously started to hurt, um, didn't even start the season. And then kind of looked all right down the stretch. But apparently he's looking like a real deal left tackle. And once you have two guys at those positions, him and Brian O'Neill, like that's going to give Kirk Cousins a lot more time than he's ever had in the past. So, yeah, I, I do think there's reason to believe, obviously, with Kevin O'Connell coming in there, that this is a team that's really – maybe it's not, you know, built to contend necessarily. Like there are still glaring holes, especially on the defense side of the ball places. But it's a much better roster and much more – uh, much built, built much better to win football games this year than they ever were last year. And then the team that I think is going to surprise a few people with what they did, uh, starting with Hutchinson as the uh, the first draft choice over there in the first round, and then obviously going from there, uh, the Detroit Lions. I think they're going to be a little bit better than what we've seen in the past. I, I don't know if I'm going to say eight, nine wins, but maybe four, five, six wins, and this team uh, plays pretty competitive and pretty close. I think they could get to 8-9, honestly. And the worry is obviously that Jared Goff and his receiving core, they're not good. It's going to be you know QB, wide receiver combo, bottom five in the NFL, and that's kind of how you win games, as we're seeing across the league. So that's the worry. But top five offensive line in the NFL, if not top three. I mean, this offensive line doesn't have any holes. It's fantastic. And the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. He looks like the real deal right this preseason. But Jeffrey Okuda, you know, they kind of get back another top five pick and going into a season where he should be good. And this preseason looks pretty darn good. Looked like the guy you expected at Ohio state. So if they get those two guys at two super valuable positions playing at a high level, all of a sudden this defense is kind of transformed. So yeah, they're going to be, I think it's going to be kind of a ground and pound sort of, uh, you know, play to Dan Campbell's ethos there in Detroit. So maybe it's not conducive to winning a lot of games. That's sort of strategy, but I do think they will be competitive from week one to week 18. So, yeah, the Lions are on the come up. Uh, the Bears, obviously not, but the Lions definitely uh, trending the right direction. 
Yeah, I was going to say, let's get to the Bears real quick, just for the fact that the Bears, uh, you know, their offensive line is relatively poor. They're trying to bolster the uh, the wide receiving core and give Justin Fields something to throw to. It seems like he's going to be running for his life. Defensively speaking, they've lost a few guys. They still have Roquan Smith uh, in the lineup. Uh, he was unhappy for a while without the contract. So give me your thoughts on, uh, on the Bears and where they're at in this. So we'll call it a rebuild because that's what it is. Yeah, it, it is because just look at their kind of cap structure and they had the most cap space in 2023 of any team in the NFL, which means basically after this year, there's nothing on the books. Like they're starting from scratch and it's kind of what they had to do given what the last regime was mortgaging all the future picks, all the future contracts just to win now and obviously didn't win too much, too many games. So yeah, it's bad. It's a bottom five receiving core, bottom five offensive line you're not really going to get to figure out a Fields as a guy behind, you know, a situation like that. So it's not uh, going to look good offensively. I think you're more focused, you know, obviously outside Justin Fields if you're a Bears fan, but more focused on the defense side of the ball, what Matt Eberflus can do as a head coach, those sort of things. But there's just holes up and down this roster to where uh, it's going to be pretty ugly. And they truthfully are probably one of the favorites to get them one overall pick. Mike, great stuff. We'll talk again as the season gets underway, and we'll touch base and kind of go over some of the guys that are and are not performing. I appreciate it, man. For sure, Bill. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, buddy. There you go. Mike Renner at Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Mike. At PFF underscore Mike, the lead draft analyst, kind of going over some of the roster changes, moves, and such. By the way, there's a couple of roster moves for the Green Bay Packers. They're re-signing the wide receiver Travis Fulgham. To their practice squad, it looks like Micah Abernathy is going to be let go and then most likely brought back to the practice squad as they got to make room for Rudy Ford, the safety they picked up today. So when we come back, Goody will talk uh, about this roster and the makeup of this roster. Stay tuned. We're going to hear from him coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.